What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Tour Drip, brought to you by Second String Sports. I'm your host, AK, and today we'll be covering round one of the U.S. Open. We'll go into the first glance. So first glance at uh, winged foot this, uh, today. It was the most scorable it will be played all week. The first cut was roughly about three inches, and they'll be keeping that height on that first cut for the uh, rest of the week. So we're going to be looking also into the heavy rough. In the heavy rough, they're going to let that grow out, and it's going to be a pretty tough week for them out there. So you're going to be seeing people like Phil if he even makes the cut to, uh, this week. He'll struggle deeply. <clears throat> makes the course play harder each day throughout the tor- uh, tournament. So the more accurate ball strikers will prevail this week. <clears throat> so today we have a special guest with us. Some of you all know him as Tyler, the top 30 freshman in D2 golf last year. And he's uh, on a 20th ranked Division two team this year, but I get to call my brother. How are you doing today, bro? Hey, uh, good to be here. Uh, should be fun to talk a little golf today. And, uh, you know, it doesn't beat, you know, first day of a major. It doesn't get better than that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So uh, today we're going to be looking also into the leaders. The leaders for today, we got Justin Thomas. He finished the round minus five, sole leader. After round one, he had some a solid round, getting some quality birdie looks out there and executing those putts. Uh, and then we have a three-way tie for second. Patrick Reed, Thomas Peters, and Matthew Wolf, all minus four after the first round. That was uh, quite a good showing for Wingfoot. Usually in the past, a lot of golfers are going to shoot over par. Um, it's a really tough course out there. As you can yeah. see in the past, yeah. How do you, how do you feel about Wingfoot playing this easy today? You know, it, it was very surprising because you know coming into this week, there's a lot of hype about how you know tight fairways, long rough, really long. Uh, you know, I was expecting you know maybe one or two guys under par, but to see, uh, I think it was 21 guys under par was really surprising. And I saw a report the head groundkeeper at Wingfoot is not too happy about that. So I would not be surprised to see a much higher scoring average tomorrow and the rest of the week because also you got more wind coming in and they got the sub-air grain complexes to where they can climb out even quicker. So just don't be surprised to see, you know, Justin Thomas shoot over par for the rest of the week and, you know, still be in contention and possibly win. Absolutely. And also don't forget about Patrick Reed. His minus four today was quite uh, crazy. He had that hole in one on uh, what is that? Hole seven. Hole seven playing 165 yards. Yep. And he turned his round on basically after that. He had three birdies in the and what is that? Uh, three birdies and eight pars after that hole in one. Um, he's a golfer that he's known to scramble. He did not hit a lot of fairways. So, seeing how that's going to play out through the rest of the tournament, 
and he's a scrambler, not hitting fairways, that fairway rough is going to be getting deeper every day. Uh, do you think Reed can carry on to success? No, I think so. Um, he's he's been playing decent recently, and you know when he starts, he was you know four over through or two over through four, and he comes out and goes birdie eagle the hole in one to get back in the red numbers. And then he had a really solid back nine. Uh, so he has great momentum going into tomorrow. And I think he'll be up there. I mean, he, you know, he's a top 15, 20 player in the world. And I agree. He's going to have to hit more fairways to, you know, stay on the top of the leaderboard. But I think he can do it. Uh, you know, he has a good mindset. And, you know, I also think not having fans there will probably help him, especially because, he, you know, he has a bad rap on tour. Yeah, yeah. Everyone be hating on uh, Patrick Reed. Yes, for sure. Um, also, it's nice to see Matthew Wolf. He had a strong GA championship a couple weeks ago. Uh, and he's carrying on minus four, tied for second after round one. Is It's great to see that. Yes, and I think uh... – He's in a very favorable pairing right now as he's with two ex-Cowboys and Ricky Fowler and Victor Hovland. Uh, I think that is going to help him tomorrow for sure as they go in the morning. And also, rest of the week, I mean, he's playing enough tournaments now to where he can go out there and feel, feel confident, you know, seeing his one of his peers in Colin Morikawa win in major at the PGA, I think he's also going to have a great chance to go out, post a good number tomorrow, and be there for the weekend. Absolutely. And uh, you were harping on coming back in the morning. As a golfer, would you rather play the afternoon morning or the morning afternoon uh, going into the cut line? Oh, it's huge uh, going off late because if you can post a good number, uh, you know, the first day when the the greens are going to be drier and usually more wind and stuff like that it gives you a lot of confidence to go out you know the next day in the morning and conditions are going to be better and go out there and have another great round uh absolutely especially when you're playing good you want to get back out there you don't want to think about it too much but now he the one problem he could have is being a young guy is come the weekend and you know you're having those two, three o'clock start times, you're going to be sitting there in your room or house or whatever and really thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And so he's going to have to figure that part out. But I think tomorrow Matthew Wolf's going to have another great day. Yeah, it's good to see Wolf. And we're going to be changing gears here into the struggling woes. So... Round one, um, you saw some great numbers out there. It was really scorable. And it's going to be tough for these golfers that had a not-so-good round uh, out there when the, when the course was playing as easy as it could play. So golfers like Dustin Johnson and Daniel Berger, they're two top names out there right now, especially DJ. Firing up a three-over, tying uh, for 71st place after round one. Quite crazy right there. Also, Tommy Fleetwood threw up a plus four, 92nd place. Colin Morikawa and Paul Casey, two big names out there. 
um, plus six apiece, tied for 120. And then Phil, he was supposed to have such a, a good round here. We're thinking the golf gods will finally shine some light on Phil to win this U.S. Open. Yeah, uh, it was very surprising out of those guys to see Dustin Johnson, who arguably playing the best golf in the world right now, go out there and shoot plus three. Same with Daniel Berger. I mean, he's been playing really solid since the restart. I mean, starting out at the Charles Schwab here in Fort Worth, and then, you know, he's he's been able to keep it going. You know, I think they're – yeah, they're in some first place, but if they can go out and shoot, you know, even one or two under, they'll be right there because I think this week will get a lot tougher. They're – if it was any other tournament – I'd say they they'd be out of it, but they still have a legit chance to go out there, have a decent round tomorrow, and be right there. And then you talk about like a Phil Mickelson, you know, when you're on eighty watch, it's never a good sign. Never. And, and, you know, he came in shot seventy nine. It's it, uh, he. I'm sure he's very disappointed because it wasn't even that he's been playing great golf recently. I mean, he did win the first. Uh, event that he played in, but yep. definitely a diff- different atmosphere, you know, when you can get carts or whatnot, then you're going <laughs> to have to, you're gonna have to go play at Wingfoot 7,500 yard par 70, you know. Absolutely. So, I, I think his time's running out to win an Open, U.S. Open, uh, and I mean, I think he's probably too far back to make the cut, so he'll be, his week will be ended early, but... Well, we... We did see some light on his first two holes, firing up birdie, birdie, right off the bat. And both those holes, he completely missed the fairway, went wide off the fairway into the thick stuff and still executing birdie. Yeah, I mean, that was that was positive. But, I mean, then he goes plus 11 on the last 16, and yeah. that was uh, rough. But You think I- his age is getting to him? He's not been a very accurate hitter, and I think at the U.S. Open, yeah, he does have a lot of success when it comes to, you know, second, top top five, top ten finishes in his career. But overall, I mean, if you look at his last five or six years in the U.S. Open, I mean, it's, it's not been good. And I think it's large part due to off inaccurate. And then, yeah, I, I do agree, you know, your older swing speed goes down a little bit. And coming out of the thick rough, you're not going to have as much command on it. And I think that's what you're seeing right now from Phil. Yeah. Yeah. Not having that power to fight through. (laughs) No. Um, So uh, we're going to move on to our next topic uh, about the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, so this is a really uh, interesting thing. Uh, Georgia Bulldogs, you know, one of the top five, maybe ten teams year in, year out in college golf. But this week they're playing really well. I mean, you got alumni, Patrick Reed, who's, you know, second place. Brendan Todd, who's had a great, phenomenal year. He's the eight. Same with Harris English, who also had a phenomenal year. And then you got a amateur in Davis Thompson, who should have graduated, but because of all this uh, coronavirus stuff, he's been able to gain an extra year. 
and he's I mean he was the leader for a while uh he's still right there one under and so I'm sure he's very excited to be there at the U.S. Open but it's crazy because obviously there's great players come from all different schools but it seems like the there's something going at in Georgia and after there's Georgia to where something in their water I mean yeah because yeah four guys in top eight and four guys in top 14 and there's plenty of guys that just are there like Kevin Kisner, Brian Harmon uh, I mean you got Keith Mitchell, Bubba Watson you got top tier players that are veterans on the tour now coming out of Georgia so that is, it was cool to see and just it's interesting to know you know what they do different there to breed a lot of tour pros. Absolutely. There's got to be something in the water in Georgia because they are producing some wild ones. Um, let's move on to our next topic. Uh, we had two hole-in-ones today. Today we had Patrick Reed and Will Zalatorius. You know him from my last episode. We're putting a nice little bet on him to be top 20. Uh, they both had hole-in-ones on uh, hole 7. Will almost had a double ace today. On hole 13, he hit his tee shot, and it hit the flag on the roll. If it did not uh, come in that fast, if it was a slower, smooth pace, then he would have had two aces. Yeah, that was, that was pretty crazy to see. Uh, I mean, obviously, Patrick Reed, he had a great shot and went in. But you look at Will Zalatoris, who, I mean, not only, like you said, had that one, he should have had two. And coming down the stretch, he had a couple shots from the fairway that looked like they were going to go in. You know, his ball striking day was honestly my best in the field. I mean – he comes in at even, but he's – I mean, he honestly had four iron shots that looked like they were going in, and they were tapping birdies or uh, – but, yeah, it's crazy to see two hole-in-ones on the same hole, you know, in a U.S. Open. Usually the par threes are tough and long. It was kind of interesting to see a par three at 165 yards, which – most of these guys had nine iron pitching wedges in. Yeah. So it was definitely gettable today. Yeah. And um, let's move on to a topic you wanted to talk about. Yeah. So one of the cool things they did, because there wasn't any uh, qualifying this year for the Open, they had they kind of went off past uh, data. And had, they picked 12 amateurs to play this week out of the 144. And – and what happened was, is you got three guys who are, I don't know if you uh, have seen PJ Tour University, uh, they have a list that came out. And so you got Davis Thompson, you got John Pack, and you got Kevin Yu, who are all in contention. And I think it's really cool to see college guys go out there and, you know, compete with the pros and all three of these guys, uh, should be pro right now. Like I said, the coronavirus, they gain an extra year, which I think 
them is actually going to help a lot in their progress and just spending an extra year in college. But it, it's just really cool to see guys our age go out there and, you know, on the spotlight. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it was nice to see, speaking on colleges, that we had two colleges represented in pairings today. Yeah. We had Oklahoma State and Arizona State. Yep. And that's another thing I like about the USGA is they get pretty creative with their uh, pairings for the first two days. So like you said, you had Oklahoma State, uh, Matthew Wolf, Ricky Fowler, Victor Hovland all played great rounds today. And then you got an Arizona State pairing and John Rahm and then Paul Casey and Phil Mickelson. I give credit to Rahm here. Uh, Both of his playing partners played really bad, but he played well. And that's hard to do when you're watching bad shots and you have to go up and hit one right after them. It can be really frustrating. But I also, another group I liked was the – the, the Bombers group, you had DJ, Bryson, and Tony Female. That was cool to see, you know, them just smash around the course and be in places that most guys can't hit to, you know. Absolutely. And um, so after seeing those rounds and seeing that DJ's out there, I think DJ will turn it on. You know, I think he's sitting plus three, and I believe he goes in the afternoon tomorrow. I, I really think tomorrow in the afternoon could get out of hand when it comes to course conditions because USGA, you know, based on past championships, they, they're embarrassed. I'll be honest with you. They're embarrassed to see a five-under lead. You know, they want, they want over par to win uh, U.S. Open. Um, so I think – I think maybe an even par for DJ would be a great round tomorrow. And I think he first maybe top 40. And then I don't know if he'll necessarily get the, the dub this week, but I think he'll be top 20 finish, I think, even after today's first round. Okay. That's good insight. Good insight. Uh, we're going to shift gears, go over my uh, updates for AK's picks. So this week for AK's picks, I had Xander Shopley finishing top five. His current place is tied for eight. He's minus two. He's going to have a strong road ahead for sure. They're going to make the course harder. Uh, Daniel Berger, I had him at top ten. He's struggling right now. He's plus three. He's tied for 71st. We're hoping he's going to turn it on, seeing how this course is going to play tomorrow. Uh, Lanto Griffin, a top 20 finish. That'd be a good payout. He's plus 650. And he is tied for 33rd right now at plus one. And our wild card, Will Zalatoris, top 20 finish. He's plus 500. And he's sitting at 22nd, tied for 22nd at even par. Yeah, Um, I like those. uh, I mean, even the burger pick, I mean, those were all you know, great selections by three of the four looking like they have potential. And I think even Burger was a great pick. I, I don't think he obviously didn't play as well as he wanted to, but I mean, they all have good odds. I mean, 
and I think he could have a good week in the betting world. Absolutely. Uh, and we'll wrap it up here with our final segment. It's going to be our final two picks. So, for AK's pick, I have Xander Shoffley. He's sitting at tied for eight. He's minus two. Um, I feel like NBC needs to give Xander some respect. He is the seventh ranked player in the world. And I think I've only saw him hit maybe seven balls out there. Like, come on now, NBC. You got to show my man some respect. He looks so calm out there. Relaxation is the second most important key to his success. His putt is going to be his saving grace. He's one of the best putters out there. Uh, I think he finished around top 10 on putts after round one. And that's going to be his best attribute for sure. Yeah, I like that pick. I mean, Xander is one of the most chill guys on tour, uh, especially when you watch him on TV. Uh, yeah, I agree. NBC, I mean, they need to do a better job. I mean, Xander, top players in the world. and But I like his chances this week. Uh, but personally, I like John Rahm. Uh you know, he. I think. I think he's had enough experience now in tour. I mean, he has multiple tour wins, and coming down the stretch, next couple of days with the greens firming up, uh, tight fairways, thick rough, he's a perfect candidate to win this week. I mean, he hits it high, which will mean it lands softer on the greens because these greens have major slope. And you don't want to have a low ball fight coming into these greens, especially when you have five, six iron in, because they're going to roll through the, the green, and we'll see that a bunch this week. Also, as we saw with Phil, if you're not hitting fairways, you better have some club speed to get through the this rough. Because if not, you're going to see balls going left. You're going to see balls short. And I think John Rahm will be able to get through the rough when he does miss the fairway, but I think he's accurate enough and disciplined enough to hit the fairways, hit the greens, and if his putter gets hot, watch out because, I mean, he's T14, one under right now. Um, goes off in the morning tomorrow. I think he could post a decent, good round and be right there for the weekend. Absolutely. And one last thing we have to go over for the fans out there is uh, Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods was the betting favorite out there by a lot of betters. He looked pretty solid all round. He had his up and downs for sure. Uh, coming up to hole 16, birdieing that hole, to, uh, sit at even par for the round after 16 holes and then finish 17 and 18 plus three. That's tough for Tiger. Uh, do you think he has the power still to overcome and adapt? You know, as I saw a scorecard today, it was a colorful one. I mean, he had birdies, a lot of them. I think he had five birdies, but he also had, I think, six bogeys and a double. Uh, that's not what you want to see, especially at a U.S. Open course. Uh, obviously, the birdies are good, but 
clearly something's not adding up uh, when it comes to scrambling, maybe it's putting. I, I, I really didn't watch him that much today. But I think, you know, plus three is not a bad round. I mean, I think the cut's going to be probably five or six over. So if he can go out there and, you know, have a little better round tomorrow, he'll be there. I don't think, you know, the common golf, the common golf fan loves to bet on Tiger, which, I mean, who doesn't? He's fun to watch and root for him. But, you know, I'd follow smart money there. You know, I think we can both agree he's not what he was, obviously. Uh, I wouldn't personally bet on him, especially with how uncertain he, he's been recently. But one more guy I want to talk about is, oh, Dallas native Jordan Spieth. Jordan uh, Spieth. He's really been struggling the last, honestly, two, three years now. Uh he, he had another colorful round. I mean, he had two doubles, three bogeys, and four birds, and three of the birdies were back-to-back-to-back. He's uh, been struggling, and I hope he can find something. But he's also plus three, and if he can, you know, muster out an even par or something tomorrow, he'll be there for the weekend, and it would be good to see both of them make the cut, you know, watch them early morning before – before the leaders, the big dogs tee off in the afternoon. Absolutely, the big dogs. Maybe Dustin Johnson, Jordan Spieth, and Tiger Woods will be a fun pairing. That would that'd be fun to watch. That'd be fun to watch. Either. Thank you for joining today, Tyler. Oh yeah, anytime. And that was it was fun to talk some golf with you and uh, get your inside, and we'll see what happens next three days absolutely it's going to be fun to see these final rounds coming up for the u.s open uh we'll be looking forward to the second round and covering it in our next episode please like share and subscribe second string out